Get ready to stand on guard for the... Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask lucky bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong. Featuring lucky bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not lucky bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some lucky bastard? Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, my co-host, Bruce Gunther. Hello. And making a somewhat rare appearance, Tyler Homan. How you doing, buddy? Good, guys. How are you? Yeah, Good. You're back from Hawaii, the mountains. Where else you been? Uh, that's pretty much it. That's it? That's yeah. it? Yeah. How was Hawaii? I've heard it's nice this time of year. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I want to go back. It yeah, was perfect. Pretty much want to retire there from what, I, what I've gathered. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> going, back to, going, going back to work after, I think it's been like two and a half weeks. Yeah. Um, it's going to be nice that it is a four-day week because of Easter. But Sure. Definitely. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. Uh, John Enns is going to join us shortly at some point. I'm not really sure what he's up to, but he'll be here. Um, episode number 108, NHL Fantasy Preview for Week 26. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, which opened up in 2012 and is inspired from a lottery win. Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distillery to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition. Home of Canada's ultimate Caesar. Mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code HockeyHacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. And uh, we're kind of getting down to it now. I know most leagues, it's either the semifinal or the final this week. Um, so we will have absolutely one more episode. So next Sunday we'll be recording. And then after that, we'll we'll see. We've got some fun summer stuff lined up, some summer content. Um, we'll get back into fantasy previews throughout the summer like we always do. But just with the fantasy season ending. Oh, we're going to do a playoff preview as well. So we'll get into that. But... Um, we just need a bit of a break. We need some time to, to regather our thoughts and, uh, let Bruce's melon just kind of simmer for a bit. Another crushing defeat. I wasn't going to bring it up. Um, (laughs) I, Uh. I, I I was really, I honestly was sitting here going like, of course I want to win. I always want to win, but I, for your sake, I was hoping, okay, I hope Bruce can just get to the final this year. I'd love to see that, but nope. Um, so my team went to, my team went to sleep. Yeah. So strangely enough, Bruce, you were up 30 points, I think after two days, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then and it was all downhill from there. Pretty much. I think I woke up, I was out at the cabin. I, I'd had a few drinks obviously, cause that's what you do at the cabin. <laughs> and, uh, I went, I looked at my phone for a second and I thought I was down two points and I woke up in the morning. I was actually up two points as of Saturday morning and, Right now, it's um, it's it's pretty much done. I think are the games it, all wrapped here now. Ugly, yeah. it's ugly. Uh, so I, but you know what, Bruce, that was that was probably one of the best matchups I've I've seen in a while. Like it was back and forth, and uh, even when Pasternak piled on a bunch of points for me, Carter Verhage came through for you, and 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was a close matchup most of the way. So. And in the podcast league, we're tied. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to work out. But Beautiful. Um, Tyler, you, you really don't have any input here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, going to Hawaii and then just not checking. I just, I totally forgot that I had a <laughs> fantasy league to uh, pay attention to. And I did on the Thursday... Uh, Thursday or Friday of the week, finally actually look at it. And uh, I came close uh, after not setting my lineup for <laughs> four days and lost to a guy that was like 8 and 13. So uh, that's he's also on my hockey team. So I'm going to hear about that quite a bit. But you sure I will. Think he, you think he's going to the finals, though, too? I think he, oh, he was ahead going into gross. tonight, was he not? Yeah, I, so. I, I just checked. And him and I had the same number of points actually tonight. So. Um, yeah, I had to chuckle because I think Grant um, was in the other semifinal, right, Bruce? Um, or who was that? Slip, slippery Nips. Whoever Slippery Nips is, that's. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't, oh, I don't yeah. know who that is. Yeah, it's Grant. Yeah. 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 Okay. So anyway, um, well, I would I would have smoked him too if I paid attention for the first four days. And I Tyler just. Two weeks ago, Bruce and I were sitting here going, "Tyler's gonna he's gonna steamroll everybody and just run away yep. with this thing." And I went didn't. to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I went so, to Hawaii. Yeah, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was. Worth it was. It. it totally was. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, we've been chatting long enough. I think we we're trying to delay a little bit so we could do John's list with John tonight, but uh, he's dragging his ass. So we will move on. John's list. So if you're new to the show here. Um, this is John's shit list of players, past and present. Oh, there it is. Okay. John, I was literally just introducing John's list. Uh, Where are you? So good timing. I'm going to let you roll with it. So I was just saying, Hello, everyone. for anyone that uh, has not listened, this is your shit list of players, past and present. Uh, you have an, in- an intro or a- an entry, and then I think Bruce has one as well here. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so take it away, John. Um, so my member of the list this week is Tyler Johnson. Why Tyler Johnson? Number one, I just don't like the guy. Uh, number two, he's just not that good. Like, not there's yeah. usually a little bit of hype around him when, like, trade deadlines and everything else comes along. and I just don't see it. Not this year. It's pretty quiet around him this year. This year has been quiet, but the last few, you've heard his name thrown around. and I, I think the only reason was because everybody knew he had to move. Not just because he's short. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that's the reason I don't like him? I don't know. That maybe is one of them, for sure. Maybe it's why you don't like me is. either. <laughs> uh, definitely is. I mean... From a fantasy perspective, he's got like five points in his last six games here, so he hasn't been too, too bad. But how was he the five games before that? Um, I think three and six. So, yeah. Oh. He's like, okay. Eh. Eh. Not great. Eh. I mean, he's, he's, he's on pace for like 49 points this year. So, um, nothing to get too excited about anyway. Yeah, but that's basically him. Nothing exciting. Yep, I can buy that. And he's part of that Tampa team that won a bunch of Stanley Cups. And, and you're also not a fan of? No. No. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, uh, Bruce, what do you got for us? Oh, my uh, addition to the list was uh, Sheldon O'Keefe for sitting Mitch Marner tonight. So, And that was just because I needed all the points I could get playing against you tonight, but I don't think it really would have mattered. Did he sit, point. he sat him tonight, too? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, he sat today. Bump, okay. bumps, bumps and bruises was the uh, was the reason he was given it was given for him sitting out tonight. Okay. Yeah, they said he's going to be back Tuesday. Probably, yeah. Or as yeah. as we like to say in the NBA world, load management. Yeah. Yeah. And make no mistake, Bruce, I did get a little lucky this week because Matt Murray was also taken out of the game today. Yes. Uh, which was not ideal. And then you had a tough matchup with uh, Demko against the Kings. So. Mm-hmm. tough stuff um, okay well thanks boys let's go to fantasy lock of the week March 27th April 2nd presented by left wing lock uh, I've got two here so I went first off with Alex Lyon 6% saw that coming, eh? yeah everyone saw that one coming absolutely <laughs> uh, three wish o- I would have well yeah I think a lot of us wish you would have 3-0-0 record with a 1.33 goals against average and 951 save percentage and 2.72 goals saved above expected during fantasy hockey playoffs, either semifinals or finals, depending on your league setup, that is that's just coming through in the clutch. So if you were smart enough or had the uh, the insight to to grab Alex Line, good on you. I did not, but we're we're recommending you pick him up next week if uh, Bobrovsky still has the shits. So, um. <laughs> oh boy, there you go. All right, uh, honorable mention goes to Leon Dreisaitl. This is mostly just to piss off John, but. He did. I was going to say, <laughs> I almost put him on the list, but he's already been on. So You know what? You and my grandpa, we were just talking about this last weekend. Uh, he's also I not, like him. He's also not a fan of Lazy Leon. And, nice. Uh, or as, yeah, he likes to call him Lazy Leon. So him and I kind of got into a little bit over the weekend. And, of course, I was chirping after last night's game where he put up a hat trick and reached 50 goals for the, the third consecutive season. But um, eight points, five goals this week, three power play points, 16 shots on goal, over 20 minutes time on ice. I love everything Leon does, even his interviews. I think he's interesting to listen to. He's sincere. He's got some some bite in everything he does. He's a beauty. So that's all I got. Uh, Tyler, don't look at me like that. You love Leon too. Yeah, but did you hear Austin Matthews almost has forty or something like that? I know. Who I know. cares? <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. Okay, I guess with that, that's that's uh, fantasy lock of the week. So let's move on to headlines with the hacks. Uh, Bruce, I'll hand it over to you. All right, so we had a few few notes here this week. Uh, we'll start with some injury news. Uh, Cam Talbot returned to the Senators lineup here versus the Flyers. He recorded a win, which is good for him, even though he was like let in. What was it? He faced what was it? Eleven shots, let in four goals, and still managed to get the win. <laughs> so we'll take it. To win, uh, Travis Konecki would be, was has been activated from IR and played Saturday for the Flyers versus I can't remember, but he's done nicely since he's been back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman Yossi is uh, still considered day to day for the Nashville Predators. He has been out since March nineteenth. Uh, anybody that has had Tyson Berry in their lineup will be very happy. I believe Berry is a point per game since Yossi has been out. Uh, Sam Bennett is still considered day-to-day, too. He's been out since March 21st. Uh, Billy Huso is also considered day-to-day for the Red Wings. He's been out since the 21st of March, but they are saying that he will play again this season at some point. Uh, Thomas Shabbat of the Senators will miss about two weeks with an upper body injury, so I think that pretty much 
takes care of his fantasy season. Flyers announced that Sean Couturier will not play the season, which I don't think many of us were expecting him to play anyway, but Flyers made it official. Uh, Tage Thompson has now missed three games with an upper body injury. There's not many details beyond that, but uh, he didn't play today either. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich and Robert Thomas of the Blues have both also missed the last three games due to uh, various injuries. Uh, some other news we've got here. Philip Heedle signed a nice four-year contract extension with the Rangers worth about $4.4 million per season. I think that's going to work out very nicely for the Rangers going forward. Agreed. Uh, Jason Robertson set a record for the most points by a Dallas Star player. He currently has 97 points. Uh, he eclipsed the mark of 93 set by Mike Medano. And they have a nice picture on their Twitter feed of uh, Medano and Robertson together. That just makes you so happy, I'm sure, Bruce. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, David Pasternak reached the 100-point mark here for the first time in his career. It definitely will not be the last time. Uh, note here from NHL.com, April 1st was the first day in NHL history there were five shutouts and five hat-tricks scored on the same day. That's not an April Fool's joke, is it? That is not an April Fool's joke. I double-checked it. At least hopefully the numbers I double-checked anyway. <laughs> uh, Stuart Skinner is your NHL Rookie of the Month. He had a record of 10-1-1, 2.83 goals against average, and a 9.08 save percentage with one shutout. Not bad for a guy I dropped at the beginning of the season. He's, uh, you're yeah, as you say, he's been fantastic for the Oilers. Um, and, and that's... That's the most wins by any Edmonton goaltender in a, in a single month, is it not? I don't know that. I don't know. I, I believe I saw on the broadcast the other night. Yeah, so, I mean, impressive stuff from so. Stuart Skinner. The Oilers are setting all sorts of records right now. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, three stars for the month were also announced. First star, I might know this guy. His name's Connor McDavid. 29 points, 11 goals, 18 assists in 15 games. Second star might be another person we're familiar with. Leon Dreisaitl, 28 points. 11 goals, 17 assists in 15 games. And your third star is, guess who? Clayton Keller. 24 points, 12 goals, 12 assists in 16 games for the Coyotes, which is one of the reasons why they're doing well here at the end of the season. Uh, after a win today, the Bruins have become the fourth team in NHL history to have a 60-win season. So let's just pause on that for a second, Bruce. Yeah. I saw another stat. So they're the fourth team to hit 60 wins. Only two of those four teams have gone on to win the Stanley Cup. So yeah. do the Bruins do it this year? Yes or no? And I'll start with you, Bruce. I think they'll I think they'll get to the finals. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll get to the finals. Okay. John? They're winning. They're taking the cup this year? Yep. Tyler, what do you think? Nah, I don't think so. I think it's I think it's tough to have everything go right all season. And then maybe not the first round, maybe not even the second, but when something goes sideways in one of those, it's a, it's a series that anybody can win yeah. when you're in it. So, I mean, we've seen lots of other teams um, just sneak in and make a run and beat those yeah. teams. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think everything has gone too right for them this year. 
I, I agree. I, I'm with you. I think almost exactly. That's the most recent example I can think of is the Columbus Blue Jackets and, and Tampa Bay, right in 2018. Yeah, yeah. And, and it yeah, happens but, more than you would think. And that team won 62 games that year for T- Tampa. Won 62 that year. Yeah. Got so, swept. And get swept. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do it this year. I, who knows who's going to? Right, the playoffs are always funny that way, but. We'll get we'll get into that more in the fantasy or the uh, hockey or the playoffs preview that we'll do here. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, last note I have here is Chris Letang skated in his one hundred one thousandth sorry career game today versus the Flyers. That's cool. He's had a fantastic career, that guy. He sure has. Okay, and that was all all the stuff I had for news. And then, of course, if you want all the latest hockey or fantasy hockey news and roster changes go to leftwinglock.com slash news uh also make sure to check out the line changes tool there very very helpful this time of year okay and then we've got some points of discussion here Lot, lots of fun topics to cover uh the first one being is jonathan taze a first ballot hall of famer this was originally posed by nick alberga on twitter uh i i absolutely for me three cups he's won everything he can in hockey um, there's no reason he shouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I agree. John, you're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> Stats-wise, he's not my cup of tea, but yeah, absolutely. I, I think so, too. It's hard, it's hard looking at it right now based on the last couple of years, but if, if you look at his career as a whole, um, he, he absolutely is. He's not the same player today that he was two, three seasons ago, right? Or pre-COVID. Like, he's just not the same player. Right. Yeah. And and for that matter, not the same team either. They're, they're a shell of themselves. No. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, you guys like this one. Are fans and media too hard on Darnell Nurse? He's got a career high. Well, this is probably changed now. Career high 41 points at the time of writing. 10 goals in the season. Um, over the past three seasons, he's 12th among defensemen and even strength points with 92 uh, 13th among defensemen in 5-on-5 five five scoring with 73 points and 24 goals. And first among all defensemen in 5v5 time on ice, just shy of 4,000 minutes played. So I know he like he makes mistakes, right? I mean, it's going to happen. He's out there a lot. But are, are fans immediately too hard on Darnell Nurse? I don't, I don't think so. I think like this question is being asked after getting Ekholm, which – changes everything for Darnell Nurse. He did he was out there too much. He was expected too much. The contract doesn't help anything. Um but you can see how much having another defenseman that can play in your top 3 um can do for Darnell Nurse cuz ever since then you've you've heard people even out of Toronto talk about Darnell Nurse as a Norris Trophy winner for this season, yeah. which I think is crazy. But he makes a ton of mistakes. He can't play as much as they expected him to play. He's yeah. not a nine and a quarter million dollar defenseman. And I think that's why people get on him so much. He's a, like an $8 million defenseman. If he was at eight... Nobody would say anything. Everybody would be talking about how good he is. But because of his contract, um, and before Ekholm was there, 
he was an easy target for it. And it was, in my mind, rightfully so. So that's interesting you mentioned the $8 million because I think the, the Athletic released something about contract values, and I can't remember if it was Don Musician that puts those together or whatever, but it's it's based on are they living up to their contracts or not. And and Darnell was based, or he, he was pegged at $8 bucks was essentially his value today. So, um, and so you're right, yeah, he's, he's playing below what his contract value is if you look at it that way, but... I just think it's good, and you're right. Um, Ekholm's made a massive difference for him. It's it's, but that's what happens when you're a deep team. Everybody kind of plays in the proper roles, and and everyone gets a little better, or like looks better anyway. Yeah, and I, I base that off of Truba. Like to me, he is Truba without maybe hitting like Truba does. Yeah, but he is in that range. So when you look at his contract, and you look at before Ekholm was there their depth on D he's expected to be a number one, which he isn't. Yeah. When you look at New York and you look at Truba, he's a number two or three and nobody says anything about him. Nope. So that's kind of where he fits. And I think that's why everybody has so much to say about, about nurse. So is, is nurse even still there? Like that top pair lately has kind of been neck home and Bouchard, right? Like they've been using those guys a ton. Like or, or is it just still is Nurse and CC still that top pair? I think if CC wasn't there and there was somebody else, they would be the top pair. Yeah, but Nurse is kind of dragging around CC right now. So <laughs> yeah, he's had a top season for sure, no question. Yeah. Okay, uh, Bruce, John, any other thoughts on Nurse? No, I'd uh, I'd say that's bang on. All right. Um, of course, Winnipeg goes and wins 6-1 tonight and, and crushes New Jersey. <laughs> so this makes this question look a little bit silly. But is it time for the Winnipeg Jets to blow it up and start over? Um, and, and there's lots of questions about how players are being deployed and, and the way Hellebuck has played for large stretches of the season. Um, is it time for the Jets to, to blow it up? Like, you know, Blake Wheeler's getting older. Um, they, they still, they're just kind of, they're a middling team, really. And Ehlers. Ehlers isn't being utilized properly. There's there's lots of things there that just make me question what they're doing, but they just haven't seemed to be able to have any success and get over that hump. And it's been, you know, five, six, seven years, like just nothing's really progressed the way you would hope it would. What do you guys think, though? I think it's time, and I think it'll happen. I think it's time to move on from Wheeler for sure, especially after stripping the C and everything yeah. else they did and then keep him around. Yeah, it was weird. And I think that coach is one and done and then you kind of tweak from there because this team is better than what they were they weren't what they were at the start of the season and they're not what they are they are now and i think even just saying that the question is silly new jersey has they're in they have everything lined up winnipeg it's tough at this time of year because winnipeg needs this game right you end up Mm -hmm. winning 6-1 it's what happens that's fair. Yeah, good point. Okay, John, Bruce, any other thoughts on that? No, pretty much. Yeah, I I think they're gonna blow it up. Alrighty, that that's kind of what I'm expecting too, or hoping anyway. Even Shifley, you know, you look at how Shifley's been playing recently. He was he was maddening the past two weeks. I think he had zero points in like six games. So, I don't think you can get rid of him though. Like you're not going to get value for him. I think you got to trade Dubois. 
you got to let go of Wheeler. And you got to tweak a couple other things there. And I think they'd be all right. Especially with the with the coach. Like, if you're not going to play Ehlers the way you should be deployed. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty simple get rid of the coach and find somebody else who's going to do it. So, obviously, Paul, Paul Maurice, um, he's not doing so great where he is right now either. So, no, he wasn't the answer. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Ehlers. Like, I completely agree. I actually dropped him at the start of this past week because he's been playing very few minutes. Like, he played 1350 on the 28th, uh, 1254 on the 19th. And the thing is, he's still producing. Now, like, he had a stretch there, three games with nothing, but then he had two goals again tonight, playing 15 minutes time on ice. Um, you know, if, if that guy were deployed properly, putting up a lot more points. And you're bang on with Shifley, too. Like, you'd be selling low on him this year. He's, on, he's only on pace for 68 points. Um, so you got to hold on to him, but there's some really funny things going on with Winnipeg. Uh, and then, Something's got to happen. Well, and, and Dubois. So you, you mentioned Dubois, too. Like, there's been rumors for the past year and a half that he wants out of there, right? Or year, year and a bit. So it was an awful trade. It's an awful trade to make. Yeah. You like for somebody to demand a trade the way that he did and the whole way that it happened, like it felt like the, it felt kind of like LeBron James picking Miami. <laughs> like, and Oof. then to go there and do. Nothing really, yeah. yeah. And then for stories to come out about how he wants to end up in Montreal, anyways, yeah, like they'd be in a better spot without him and still having line A, yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, and the other things that make, might make this interesting too is Wheeler's got a no movement clause, Shifley's got a modified no trade clause, Ehler, Ehlers has a modified no trade clause. I guarantee you, Wheeler will go to Arizona. If they asked him to, probably, yeah, right. Well, and you look sunset. at like Shifley's only making six point six point one two five million. There will be teams that'll give body parts to get him for that contract. That's a steal. Even well, if you sell low on Shifley, that's still a steal. He has outplayed his contract, no question, with the exception of maybe this season. Yeah. Like he's only thirty, so he's got a he's got a few a few good years to go yet. And he's been pretty like he hasn't been a real injury prone player either, right? He's been pretty durable, I think. Yeah, you just don't you don't win those trades though. You just don't win those trades. And if, if you're, you're Winnipeg, you're never gonna win them. It's if you're Winnipeg and you can't get guys to go there, you can't you can't make those trades and lose them. Yeah. Yep, that's fair. All right, uh, let's talk about the Anaheim Ducks who hold the NHL record for the most shots against in a season at 39.1 shots against per game. You know, it's, it's almost admirable that John Gibson has a 900 save percentage through 52 games. Uh, the question that here is, guy. can his career be saved with a trade to a contender or even a decent team? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I the Leafs should trade for him. I think it probably happens this offseason. It has to. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're they're going nowhere fast, right? And and if they do get Bedard, I mean that'll accelerate things, but yeah. I hope he ends up in Columbus. 
No, I don't want no. No. Why not? Why not? No, it's terrible. Otherwise, it's going to be San Jose. And do you want to play against them? No, I don't want San Jose either. Uh, I, th- I think I'd like to see Montreal. Or I think Anaheim would be good too. But I think Montreal with Suzuki and, and Caulfield and some of the guys they got out there. And being a big Canadian market, you'd see him all the time, right? We wouldn't see him if he played much. In, like in San Jose and Anaheim, Columbus, we'd never get to see him like twice a year, right? So yeah. um, I, I'd like Montreal or even Anaheim wouldn't be terrible because then he's in the division and, um, and and he's got Zegras and there's McTavish and guys that actually have some skill, right? How about, how about the, this is off topic. Obviously, how about that cross check on Zegers? That was great. I loved it. I loved every. And they showed it in slow motion. <laughs> it made me so happy seeing it. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, it was great. That was just a fun game. I just loved every side. Like that's the think, first game I watched in like feels like two years, but I think it was like three weeks. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah, and well, and, and so was the game before that. So. Um, that's kind of so. Obviously, we talked about Leon Dreisaitl. He became a three-time fifty-goal scorer last night, scoring shorthanded, um, hat-trick goal, like just great stuff from him. And then the Oilers, after not having a shutout all season, now have shutouts in back-to-back games. And Jack Campbell was actually in goal for one of them, making thirty-six stops last night. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. I, I hope Campbell can build off that. I'm not super confident that he can. I mean, it's Anaheim, so take it with a grain of salt. But it was just good to see him have a, a performance in which he didn't give up four goals. That first period, yeah. that was all on Campbell. So yep. that wasn't just because it was Anaheim. Um, and you could see just how happy he was after the game yep. and how happy everybody else was for him, which is yeah. good to see. Yeah. Um, he's got a five-year contract, so you got to be happy for him because he's got to figure it out at some point. So Absolutely. Hopefully but- he can build off that. For sure. All right. Uh, so this this one, we're going to just change topics here a little bit. Which potential playoff matchup are you guys most excited about? And we'll get into this, like I said, in our playoff preview. But is there one particular matchup, you guys? It could be the Oilers. could be someone else. What, what do you guys... Uh, and I'll, I'll maybe pull up the bracket here so you guys can... Uh, Bruce, oh, where, for me... Our, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. For me, it's going to be Toronto and, and Tampa because we're, we're going to find out whether Toronto can actually do this or because it could be interesting because if Toronto doesn't beat Tampa, what's going to happen in Toronto? Uh, I think they're going to blow things up, probably. <laughs> like, literally, like if they don't beat Tampa, it could be a pretty ugly season. It could be a pretty ugly offseason in Toronto. And do we expect them to beat? Tampa? I don't. I do just because I don't think Tampa's. I think it's time for them to beat Tampa, but I don't think they're going to go much further than that. I, I would be surprised. And just for the record, I was looking, when I was doing Fantasy Lock of the Week, Vasilevsky was also 3 0 0 this week with a 930 or a 940 save percentage. So, um, this I, to me, it's it's, it's a veteran a series. Yeah, right. Like that's all you need is is Vasilevsky to be on his game, and this is a veteran team that they've kind of just been playing possum, I think, until the playoffs start. Like they don't give a shit until they get there. So, um, I I'm not and, picking Toronto. I was picking Toronto last year to do it. They they fell on their face. I'm gonna go right back to Tampa again this year, and and uh, that that's my expectation anyway. And when they do, Matthews is is probably getting traded somewhere 
Because he's he's got what a year a year left on his contract after next season. I still uh, I still don't think they trade him, but I think he walks, but I don't think they trade him. So, and I don't I, think he would walk if they didn't sign Tavares. Okay. Um, yes. We, sorry, but I, one thing really quick here. We, we talked about this, I think, on, an, on a different episode. But if Bedard lands in Arizona, which I don't think any of us want, but do you think there's a, a better chance of, of Matthews going to Arizona if they land Connor Bedard? I, I don't think it matters. I think... Matthews would go there anyways. I think they could pay him the most money. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Probably another short-term deal. Probably like three years. Yeah. Had like $15 million or something stupid. Makes scads of cash, live in the desert. Yeah. He's home, whatever. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Bruce, you're going to Tampa, Toronto. John, do you have a? Is there a playoff matchup you're most excited about? I don't want to say the same one, but yeah, that was that was the one I was looking at. Um, also, I guess kind of interested in that Devils Rangers series as well. Agreed. Just with the way the the Rangers have transformed their team, so to speak, and with the way Jersey's been playing, it's it's gonna be a good one. I was going to say that one too, but I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say LA and Edmonton. <laughs> Just they hate each other. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. And I mean, Edmonton beat them without Arvidsson and Doughty. And having both of them back, um, I still think Edmonton beats them, but I think it's going to be a good series. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a nasty series. I, I hate yep. LA. I like. Is LA would you consider LA our biggest rival right now? Yeah, yeah, and that's the, yeah. that's the thing with playing in the playoffs. Like Edmonton didn't have one aside from Calgary, but that's just because yeah. Calgary. Um, Edmonton didn't have one for a long time, but they definitely are, and the whole team, like Mikey Anderson, I despise them all. Campe, the, <laughs> uh, all those guys. I hate. I hate, them. Everyone. I hate, I hate them. They're all. all on the list. Yeah, they're yeah forever. I hate them all forever. Um, okay, so that was obviously one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to LA and Edmonton if it happens. And is it a foregone conclusion that it happens? Because there's still some runway here. I mean, Edmonton. It just. It seems like Vegas and LA are not are not going to lose games here either. So it may just be what it is. Um, but there's a chance that Edmonton could could gain some ground here. Yeah, they won again tonight. They saw that. Yeah, Calgary beat Anaheim, but. There's a chance that Edmonton could play Calgary. That would be, yeah. That'd be an interesting first round. Yeah, I'd be fine with that as a as a first round matchup too. But again, I don't I, think I don't think LA wants to play Edmonton, and I don't think Edmonton wants to play LA in the first round. No, no, because they all they know it's gonna be a nasty series. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Uh, the other one, I I'm intrigued. I think we know the answer is Boston, but I am curious to see if if Sid and the team can can step it up and and maybe if it is that surprise upset in the first round. I think their issue in, in Pittsburgh is goaltending. Like Jari's been pretty inconsistent this year. Um but I, I'm just I think that one like you never want to count out Sid, right? I'm I'm just curious if he can actually step up and do something with that series. I don't know. They're getting to the end of it though. Yeah. Yep, I'd agree. 
but I'm, I, that'll be fun to watch. I hope so. Yeah. All right. Um, and then Tyler, this one was for you, my friend. Who wins the Masters next week? Odds according to DraftKings are Scotty Scheffler at plus seven hundred, Rory McIlroy at plus seven hundred, John Ram at seven hundred, and Jordan Spieth at plus eighteen hundred. I'm just gonna say Rory. Just, just cause. Just cause. I'll just take cause. Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Maybe Rombo, but I don't know. Ta- I'm gonna say Tiger Woods plan. <laughs> that was going to be my question. <laughs> I, I think so. I, I don't. I haven't heard that he's not. I don't have his odds here, but yeah. I mean, if you want to take, don't count out Tiger either. How can you watch golf? You don't like the Masters, man. No, even just watching golf is like watching curling. Oh, I love no. watching. Curling. Love no, watching. I love curling. watching curling. curling and, and golf. Terrible. That's curling what I watched last night. Was worst. Curling. No, no, curling no. is awful. Golf. Is great to watch. The women's today. NCAA is more of a or basketball is more of a sport than curling. No, I can't. Is. I can't watch basketball. Sorry, but I can't Man. watch any of the women's stuff. And this is nothing about eating sport. It's just awful. It's just not. It's not the same. <laughs> That's a uh, whole other topic. Get me but, off of this. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'll, play, I'll, I'll, play I'll throw you a lifeline. So yeah, yeah. Play yeah, the music. Okay, yeah. Cut to commercial. Um, <laughs> no, I, go, I I really enjoy watching golf, Tyler, it's, especially the Masters. Yeah. Like the final round on TV, like I, I don't sit there and watch all four rounds or anything, but I will for sure watch the final round. And yep. maybe even the Saturday, I'll watch some of that too Yep, and check it out. But it's great to watch on TV. It is. There's a lot of storylines, a lot of drama. Some of the shots those guys make are ridiculous. Um, oh, I'm not, I think, don't get it wrong. Yeah, that's I think incredible. you have to golf and I think you have to, you have to like going out and golfing and trying to make some of those shots that they make to really to a certain it. level to really appreciate like what's actually happening. Yeah. And the build up to take as long as they do to line up that shot and then hitting it. Yeah. Like six inches from the pin. Like it's once you realize how hard that is to do. Yeah. It, you really, really actually appreciate watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why I call it whack fuck. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, no, they make it look so yep. easy on, on the PGA Tour, right? But it's it's not. It's anything from that. Yeah, I'm just like whack. Oh fuck! <laughs> Next. But did you see? I don't. I don't know who it was. And this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was when I was in Hawaii. I'm not sure what tournament it was, but the guy. And this is how you can relate to it if you actually like just watch the golf channel instead of having it on Sports Center or something else. Put it on the golf channel. And just see some of the stuff. The guy went from one bunker to the other bunker to the other bunker to the other bunker and <laughs> ended up with a 10 on the hole. And I do that almost every round. Sure. So I can appreciate because it's something I would do. Me too. I've seen it. And I've that, seen it, Tyler. <laughs> you've seen it. You've seen it. And it happens every couple of rounds. And yep. like you can really appreciate it because I do that too. <laughs> and, and, and you golf a ton, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And he's in an actual tournament as a professional. They still do it, so. There's still people, man. They're just, they're, they play a lot more than the rest of us. Um, what was that tournament that Tiger came back? Do you, do you guys remember? It, he looked like the second coming of Jesus Christ. Like he was, the, remember the crowd like just converged behind him when he was, he was coming up to, the, I think it was the 18th green. Um, I don't know which tournament it was, but he, I mean, he, he ended up winning that one. That was his, was his 15th major? I think it was a couple years ago. It was a couple couple tournaments after coming back again. 
Yeah. Like that, John, that was like the drama and the build up to that. That that was like that was like watching a movie almost. Like you, you can't make that shit up. Like it was just incredible. And the kind of draw, like the, the impact that Tiger Woods has had on the game and still has on the game is is like nothing I think we've ever seen in sport. Like is there Tyler, can I say that? I mean, is there is there like Well, yeah. I mean, even after everything that he's done, <laughs> people still do that. So Yeah. Uh, without him, I probably wouldn't care as much about golf. Yeah. So, like, and that's somebody that's not, I don't watch every weekend. Uh, but for a lot of people in kind of our age, age range, yeah, like that's, that's why you watch golf. That's why you golf. For sure. All right. Um, we could probably talk all night, but we won't do that. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Danny Galea on Twitter, who he's been trying to keep us in check. I think he uh, he recognizes that we're homers and probably is. Uh, <laughs> I just Sorry I just checked that. the Twitter feed and I was like, oh hey, look at this. yeah, unapologetically so, uh, though, just calling us out. Yeah, un- we're un- unapologetically homers. Yeah, we understand that for sure. So Danny, uh, thanks for listening and uh, attempting to keep. We us know in you're check. listening. We know you're listening. Yeah, we'll we'll try to whine less. Um, he says he puts up with it every episode, so I appreciate that he listens to every episode. Um, we had one question from a listener as well. What was the worst move you made in fantasy hockey this season? Uh, for me, and actually this came out of a conversation on Twitter where, uh, shout out to Apples and Genos, because um, they had recommended us, or oh, sorry, it was Five Hole of Fantasy Hockey, uh, had recommended us along with Apples and Genos and uh, a couple other podcasts, Keeping Carlson as as a resource you'll want to follow throughout the fantasy hockey season. So that was cool to be recognized in the same sentence as some of these other podcasts have been around for a long time uh, and have been doing some great work. So thank you to five hole for, for name dropping us. And then the question that uh, this particular listener had, uh, what was the worst movie made in fantasy hockey this season? And so at the time I had said probably trading for Connor Hellebuck based on the way he had performed leading up to this week. Um, but then Carter Verhage went and put up four goals yesterday, Bruce. And uh, so <laughs> yeah. that's probably the worst move I've made all season was grabbing Verhage off the waiver wire and then dropping him because I had too many Panthers. I think I had Bobrovsky, I had Barkoff, I had Bennett, and I had Verhage. And I was like, well, i got to drop somebody. So Verhage went, and little did I know he's going to go and post 40-plus goals this season. He's part of the reason my team made the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Bruce, you got a couple here for us. Yeah, so my couple was uh I had both Stuart Skinner and Vitek Vanacek at the beginning of the season and I dropped both of them. So and you look to go on to what they did this season and that would have been nice to have. Yeah, so I guess I gave you Verhage and you gave me Vanacek and, and that worked out yeah. just fine. My, you bet. Mine's easy. I went to Hawaii and didn't pay attention to my lineups. <laughs> I was going to say. I lost to like the worst guy in the league. So uh, that was an easy one, unfortunately. <laughs> John, what do you got for us? Uh, mine was kind of like Tyler where it's like, I forgot to set my lineup first thing this week, and you may as well write off the whole thing because there's no no coming back once you mess up once a week. I was on the fourth day before I started paying attention, and I almost pulled it out. You came close. I came close. You came close. And he he usually doesn't pick up and drop anybody, but because he was playing me, he made like, 
I think five moves by the time I even paid attention. <laughs> and I was just grasping, trying to find anybody to pick up. And I think on Sunday, I think there was like a game or two. Like there was, there's nothing that I could do. And I think I lost by like five or something. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, okay, Tyler. Well, if you, you need uh, another refill, yeah, now is probably the time. So as a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. Is it now closing up, John? I don't even know. I don't, okay, there he goes. Um, and the action is just getting started <laughs> on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in free bets or bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And all of a sudden, Bruce, this uh, this podcast got a lot quieter. <laughs> Usually what happens when the ad read starts. Yeah, okay, there Everybody we go. Everybody bails. So now we go. Oh, okay, there he is. Um, I'm going to wait for John to put his headphones back on. No, okay, now he's just delaying. Uh, anyway, so let's move <laughs> on to uh, our next segment here, Edge Work, the segment where we put in the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues, starting with the NHL schedule. And week 26 sees a bit of a slowdown and a return to the absolute extremes between full slates and light days. As usual, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday are the busiest days on the schedule, but there are a total of just eight games on the remaining four days of the week, so optimizing games played will be difficult. There are a total of 49 games on the schedule with four light days. In terms of attempting to optimize the schedule for games played, the Anaheim Ducks, who play Edmonton, Arizona, and Colorado, are the only team to play more than one game on light days. There are a total of five teams, Colorado, Nashville, Philadelphia, Seattle, and Vegas, uh, next week that provide an advantage with a fourth game. Of those five teams, Colorado, who takes on San Jose twice, the Kings, and the Ducks, as well as Seattle, who takes on Arizona twice, the Canucks, and the Blackhawks, are of particular interest with a strength of schedule rating of minus 11 for the Avalanche and minus 18 for uh, the Kraken. Alternatively, there are three teams this week that play just twice, the New York Islanders, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Washington Capitals, and are likely best to avoid if possible. According to left-wing lock strength of schedule metric, the aforementioned Seattle Kraken have the most favorable schedule at minus 18, while the Columbus Blue Jackets, who face Toronto, New Jersey, and the Rangers, have the toughest schedule with a plus 18 strength of schedule rating. Uh, just a quick recap here. So Monday, three games, Tuesday, 11, Wednesday, three, Thursday, 14, Friday, zero, Saturday, 16, and Sunday, two. How do you play zero games? Like, well, it's it's Easter Friday. Oh, I guess. Good Friday, right? Good That's Friday. Right. Forgot, yeah. forgot about the holiday. And I, I said the exact same thing, Bruce. Then I went, oh, yeah, shit. It's, it's Easter. Yeah, it's Good Friday. So watch basketball, I guess, instead. That makes well, not watching basketball, that doesn't make sense. But the, the fact that there's no, no games on Good Friday, that makes sense. Um, all right. Watch curling. Hey, I full-heartedly support watching curling and golf. So don't at me. Uh, Men's Worlds are on right now. They are. And Gushu was absolute dog shit against the Swiss. 
on... His first game didn't go well. His oh. second game went much better. I will commend him for just taking that in stride, and he was smiling throughout the whole thing despite getting absolutely manhandled. Um, that, yeah. And that was his worst performance ever at the Worlds. Yeah. Prior to that, he'd curled a worst. His worst was 71%, and then he showed up and he played yeah. 61% uh, against the Swiss. So... <laughs> Yeah, just flush that one and move on. And they sure did that. Yeah. So before we scare off all of our listeners, Bruce, we're going to move on to uh, <laughs> okay. our, our waiver wire targets. You and I could talk curling after. Um, okay. So we haven't mentioned this in a while, but our, our waiver wire targets are focused on players with ownership of approximately 50% or less. We also look at the strength of schedule, according to Left Wing Lock. So starting off here, we got Sammy Blay, who was a bit of a disappointment this week, but uh, left wing, right wing eligible, which is great. 27% rostered. Three games on the upcoming schedule. He's got 11 points in his last nine games, and he's averaging 3.41 hits per game. He's got 222 hits in 65 games this year. Very nice. It's pretty impressive, and I think because most leagues now do count hits, uh, that's a player you're going to want to take a look at. His Tevish at 10.7% is a bit inflated, though, so keep that in mind. Uh, this is a guy I picked up actually earlier this week, Bruce. So Raphael... Harvey Pennard out of uh, Montreal, 9% rostered. He did not play, uh, was it yesterday or today? But he's been he's been actually quite productive. He's playing on that top line with Suzuki and Hoffman and on power play one. Seven points, six goals in his last nine. Um, what else can I say? Oh, yeah, it was, it was Saturday. He was kept out. Uh, 25% shooting percentage. Bruce's ish at 25 Ooh, is, is high. That's a nice ish. Yeah. And the Tevish at 13 or just over 13% is also high. So he's, he's going to come back down to earth here, but just hopefully it's not during the, the fantasy finals. <laughs> uh, Matias Michelli, I did not realize, but he is actually second among all rookies with 43 points and 10 goals in 58 games played. He's on pace for 61 points this year. Incredible. And, and he's only 6% rostered. 6%. It's crazy. So three games <laughs> this week. And he's playing on power play too. So that's that's a bit of a downer here, but... Honestly, watching him play against Edmonton, I, I can see why he is where he is. Like he's he's been fantastic for them. Eighteen mm-hmm. ish um, is above his career average of fourteen point three percent. He's got nine points, five goals in his last ten games. Uh, so again, I'd mentioned that Seattle is a team to target this week based on the schedule. Oliver Bjorkstrand, right wing eligible, eight percent rostered. Uh, great schedule for the upcoming week. Playing on the second line with Gord and Tolvanen and on power play one. He's got 10.6 goals in 13 games during the month of March. Uh, 2.77 shots on goal per game and a 56% power play share as well in the month of March. 9.4-ish is below his three-year and career averages too. So that's something else that uh, is encouraging for him this week. Uh, The Colorado Avalanche for another team I'd mentioned to keep an eye on. So JT Comfer, center right wing eligible, 43% rostered. Uh, second line with Rodriguez and Newhook and on power play one. He's got seven points, two goals in his last eight games played, and he's averaging over 20 minutes time on ice. Uh, I think we mentioned him last week. It was Thomas Novak, but I want to make note of him again this week. So 43% rostered, four games on the upcoming schedule, 10 points, four goals in his last 11 games. He's on pace for 71 points and 28 goals over 82 games. He's got that high issue like Bruce at 18.8%. Nice. And a 10.1 Tevish. So I'd expect a bit of regression for him. Uh, Tyler, 
I don't know if you agree with this, but Kyler Yamamoto, right wing for the Edmonton Oilers, 4% rostered. He's got seven points, two goals in his last eight. I, I found watching that game last night, that second line of Dreisaitl and Kane and Yamamoto is actually really starting to, to click. I think it's in spite of Yamamoto, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue that. I can't argue that. But yeah. I think he's going to get some points playing with those two guys. Yeah. Yeah. He should. Yeah, he I mean, should. He should. In theory. He should. Yeah. Based on deployment, yeah. I mean, he's definitely worth a look, but I mean... I'd say in deep leagues, like I'm not. If it's if you're playing in an eight or ten team league, I'm not rushing out to grab him. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he's not he's not doing that on his own. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. He's being dragged, kicking and screaming into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, this one pains me, but Sean Dersey for the LA Kings, twenty nine percent rostered. Three games on the schedule next week. Uh, he's kind of been playing second or third line minutes, depending on what's going on with uh, personnel. But power play two time, four points, two goals, and ten blocks in his last four games. Time on ice has gone up uh, in each of those games, uh, leading up to twenty one forty three versus Edmonton the other night. So he did play with Drew Doughty while Anderson was out, uh, but generally seems sees time next to, to Alex Edler. I've had him for most of the year, and. He's been good based on his deployment, so yeah, kind of bottom end option. Pains me, but I think he could be productive this week. They do have some tough matchups though, so Edmonton, Vegas, and Colorado. Um, but he's putting up points. So Cam York, this is one that I did not think I'd be talking about at any point this year, but uh, I was having a conversation with a listener probably six or eight weeks ago. He was asking me about Cam York, and I at the time really there was no appeal for me, but. He's got four games next week. Um, playing on the top pair with Ivan Provorov and on power play two, he's got four points, one goal in his last four games. I like the four-game schedule. He does have a game on Sunday. Um, could be – he's only 1% roster. So, I mean, he could be a nice deep league option, but it was a little bit of slim pickings this week, I'll be honest. Um there are some other options to consider here. So Michael Matheson, we've talked about him before from Montreal. He's uh, locked on power play one, top pairing minutes. Yuso Valimaki, talked about him as well. He's been great. Ryan Pulak, despite having just two games this week, but he's been productive. Alec Martinez, if your league counts blocks, uh, four games on the schedule for him. And then we'll move on to goaltenders here, starting with Devin Levi, who there's been lots of buzz around this guy, but he... Honestly, all, all the hype seems to be uh, warranted given that he had a 1.94 goals against average and a 9.39 save percentage and a 1.66 goals get goals saved above expected in his NHL debut. He did good. He did good, yeah. He done good. And when you consider that Anderson, UPL, and Comrie have all been trash, as you would say, John, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Levi's going to get some starts here, especially like Tyler, it's, it's garbage time right now. So guys like Devin Levi are going to get more starts than they probably normally would. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't know how much it means for for how good he actually is, but he's definitely going to get some starts, and he's not rostered, so. Yeah, and, and if you're looking for a few wins this week, there's probably worse places to look. I mean, Florida, they're pushing for a playoff spot, but they've been kind of leaky defensively at times. Detroit is a team that's beatable, and even Carolina's struggling a bit right now, so. Uh, see what happens there. The other guy kind of sticking with the Kraken theme is Philip Grubauer. 
30% rostered, four games again on the schedule, like I said. In the month of March, he was 6-2-1 with a 2.93 goals against average, and uh, I'm going to call it a pedestrian 877 save percentage in 10 appearances. Really, for me, the appeal of Grubauer is if you're in a league that places more value on wins, which you know we play in a league here where you get five points for a win, Yeah. if your league counts save percentage and goals against average, you probably want to look elsewhere. But yep, you should see you should you should see my Yahoo team save percentage this week. I think it's below seven hundred. <laughs> it's just Yikes. I picked the absolute worst goalies for the for the week. <laughs> it was just it was laughable almost. So you missed the memo on Alex Lyon then. Oh, big time, big time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So eight. Uh, this one thing I'll mention about Grubauer, he's got an eight forty three PK save percentage. So as we've talked about lots with Mike. That should come up, right? Like average is 860. So we may see some positive regression in terms of his PK save percentage and his overall performance. He also did start 11 of 14 games in March for the Kraken. So it's, I mean, the starting job all but appears to be his at this point. Um, Alex Lyon, like I said, been fantastic. Last two games played, a 933 save percentage. His value or his, his, uh, yeah, his value is going to depend on Bobrovsky's availability. So if, if Bob is back, Lion probably doesn't have uh, really a whole lot of value, but uh, keep in mind, Yaroslav Halak, they've got a back-to-back against Tampa and St. Louis and then a game against Columbus, so he could get a start or two. Uh, Ivan Prosvetov from the Coyotes, he's 9% rostered, a 3-0-0 record uh, in March with a 1.67 goals against average and a 9.52 save percentage. So I like him just as a spot start, matchup dependent, when it makes sense. Um, and other than that, that's going to do it for this week, guys. So there's no, no, uh, weekly rankings update. Uh, Mike is not here. And I've been told that given that we're down to the last handful of games, uh, the rankings are just completely out of whack. So, uh, we're not going to go through it, but if you want to see them, uh, be sure to go check out fantasyhockeyhacks.com. You can check it out in the main menu under rankings. And with that, anything else, guys, you want to talk about more curling? basketball Curling. <laughs> no but Pedard had five points tonight uh, yeah, and the blades lost again again yeah they outshot them like three to one wow who saw this coming like you know we can talk about junior hockey but like the the blades were a top five team in the entire chl this season right like for large stretches and i haven't followed it super close but uh and then regina the pats were out of the playoffs for a time too really like i mean there was talk of bedard being traded but then he said he didn't want to go anywhere uh so this is interesting to see him just kind of impose his will on the saskatoon plates basically pretty much Alrighty. well with that it's past tyler's bedtime it's past john's bedtime uh definitely i've had a fun <laughs> weekend but yeah i'm tired too so uh thanks everybody for listening we will be back next week with an episode and we'll go we'll over some stuff for the coming summer here. So be sure to tune in next week. Uh, check us out on Twitter at FHX. We'll see you boys next week. Bye, Felicia. Bye. Bye. Take care. <laughs>